The strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm going with the force of forces with me. That's not how the Force works. Well, that starts somewhere. Welcome to the KyberCast, recorded on August 18th, 2020. My name is Joe Becker. I'm one half of the team. The other half is... Michael Diaz, the better half. Sure. I think we made that joke before, and it makes us sound like we're married. Yeah. Better? What is better? I'm a power top. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Well. Yes, you do. <laughs> I do, actually. <laughs> and that's a good segue. That's our that's our friend Michael Ring from Bridge City Comics. He's back for another episode of this uh, Joy, maybe? I don't know. We're putting him through. The Ringer? No, that's womp, womp. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for having me back. It's a pleasure. Thanks for coming back. So, Ringo. Yes. We have a new feature that we're starting this week that um, I'm going to try and keep it going for a while, and we'll have you start. Uh, maybe we're throwing you at, uh, at the wolves for a second, but you, you may not have an answer, but I assume a comic book guy does. Michael wants us to start this thing called Our Geek this week, what we're kind of doing during the week, something, you know, if it's some content that we're watching, reading, listening, whatever, and share it to our team, our listeners. So uh, what do you got going on? Oh, okay. Well, uh, well, there are, there's a couple things. So one, I just rewatched The Old Guard on Netflix today while I was at work. Ooh. Playing in the background, but because um, I've seen it before, uh, absolutely love it. Based on a uh, comic book slash graphic oh. novel by Greg Rucka. We did watch it. Sorry, I was confused with the new title that's out with. Um, I don't know. The Power Project. Or Project Power. The Power Project. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Ringo. Yeah, that's okay. And then uh, I also actually watched that last night, Power Power Project, Project Power, with uh, Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think? Was, you know, it was, it was fine. It was entertaining. And it's funny because I actually wanted to talk about it a little bit. Oh, shit. Well, I haven't watched it yet. I, I actually do things. I don't know how you guys get this much watch, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we know that's not true, Joe. <laughs> hey, I was on a mountain bike yesterday. I went to Luton. I did did outside things, but we still can before the white shit hits. Yeah, but see, now you didn't watch Project Power, and now you're behind. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Um, and then I actually, my daughter and I have been watching a lot of anime together, and we what just finished one uh, yesterday. Yesterday was Monday, I think. Uh, called Terror in Resonance. Resonance, and it is by the guy who did Cowboy Bebop, and oh. it was. It was so good. It was 11 episodes. It's one season and done. And it is, I love it. I thought it was phenomenal. So those are, those are some of the geekiest things that I've been watching. I've been reading some Bronze Age Batman because I found a stash. And, um, you know, I've been reading stuff here and there. Girls Volume 1 by the Luna Brothers. We just did that for our book club. Oh, um, man, I forgot about that book. Yeah, well, probably for good reason. It's not that good. <laughs> I liked it. I really liked it. Whatever happened to the Lunar Brothers? I like them. They, they're they still uh, doing stuff. There's, I think they've got a, a series out right now. I could be mistaken. Um, knowing, so knowing, Michael's tr- knowing Michael's Trek record, and I did say Trek record, I'll, I'll side with you, Ringo. It's probably not that good. Oh, speaking of Trek record. And we're going to get to that. We're, that we're going to get to that. Okay, fine. Calm your horses. Calm your horses. That will be a fun discussion. Uh, mm -hmm. Yes. Well, I'll do mine because it's not that much since I actually went outside. Um, During the day, I've been 
uh, <laughs> watching the Star Wars Star Wars Resistance. I, I've never watched those, and um, you know, it's it's not that great. I mean, I'm, I'll be quite honest. It's okay. It's made for kids. It's more kids oriented. There's some interesting characters, but it's it's not the best animated Star Wars. That's for sure. But it does. I'll give it credit for continuing storylines and being part of canon, so that it's at least part of the whole Star Wars family. Um, I can see why it's only a few seasons, uh, but you know, I'll, I'll watch it to the end. There's some, there's like three or four characters that I really like. Uh, Elijah Wood has a voice in there too, which is kind of weird. Every time I put my head down, I, I, I hear Frodo, but I look up and see another kid. Um, but yeah, I, that, I've been watching that. I'm sure you guys probably haven't seen any of them. How does that compare? Did you watch Rebels? Oh God, yeah. Okay, so based it, it on that, I would say it's probably not as good as Rebels. Not even close. Okay. No, Rebels is fantastic. Oh, it's phenomenal! It's, I love that show yeah. with all my heart. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to get Diaz to watch it, um, but he's I will. I will. But I like to spread the sci-fi wealth. I mean, Joe, I'm yeah. really surprised you watched something Star Wars related. Well, again, it's one of those things I can put on while I'm at work and not have to really worry about it because um, I know it wasn't that great. And uh, you know, oh, so oh. It goes. Can, can I can I go back it real quick and and say one other thing that I watched, which I'm just yeah. So uh, I got the box set for Crusade, which is a oh, series. Battle of Five. Yeah, yeah. Got Gary Cole as the captain. It's got uh, Daniel Day Kim. As his first officer, and um, it's not great, but it is. I'm sorry, you had such enthusiasm. Yeah, I can't yeah. Speak. such enthusiasm. You were so excited, then you're like, "It's not that great." <laughs> but it's if you like Babylon Five, and like me, I've watched Babylon Five probably five times, and I've only seen a couple episodes of Crusade. So well, was, I've never, I've never watched that show. So well, I no where is Babylon Five streaming? You know what? I'm, I have all five seasons of Babylon Five. I think I dropped a hundred bucks on it, and I've never finished it. I think I'm still on season one. <laughs> well, season wow. one is super hard to get into, and but if you then seasons two, three, and four are unbelievable, and five it went on just a little bit too long. This is oh. the guy talking about money who he he dropped a hundred bucks on this. And he won't even watch like Justice League for free. Oh, I own. Yeah, I no, I don't own Justice League. That's right. I don't own it. But I do own Batman versus Superman, and I still haven't watched right. it. Right. Eh. So let me tell you, I, yeah. I own a lot of stuff right. I haven't watched. Yeah. All right, DS. What do you? What do you? What five things are you doing? All right. You have a lot of time. I don't have five. I only, I'm only, I'm like limited to three. So first off, really geeking out about, or sorry, Joe doesn't like the word geeking. Uh, for the geek this week, I finished X-Force Volume 1, so I've been making my way through the Dawn of X uh, relaunch. I think I'm caught up at this point as to what's come out, and I really liked it. Um, it's, I don't want to say it's more adult, but it's, it's not quite Cloak and Dagger-esque. I'm not talking about the series, I'm talking like... It's uh, not really espionage, but these are the X-Men doing things kind of behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Trying, trying to uh, you know mess stuff up and make things go their way. I liked it. I didn't love it. But I liked it enough that uh, the guy who was writing, I think it's Percy, I think his name is, maybe? I, I probably have his name all wrong. No, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe he's actually go- he's writing the uh, Wolverine uh solo series as well so that's on my list to pick up basically i just pre-order these i re- I, I pre-ordered every single volume one from dawn of x and i've been checking them out and so far i'm i'm pretty pleased i did not think i would love marauders like i did but so far that's my favorite of the x titles um other than that uh, because i finished x force one i started reading a book the fourth book in the Murderbot Diaries, uh, Exit Strategy. Um, I think I've mentioned it before. It's They're quick reads. I mean, seriously, give it a couple, three hours, you can probably tear through it. They're not really dense because they're all from the point of view of this sentient robot slash human cyborg thing. So he's very matter-of-fact. Um, things are very cut and dry, so 
there's not a lot of exposition and not a lot of description in them. But you're he's a very human character and it's, they're just a lot of fun. So I've been tearing through that. And then last but not least, I also saw Project Power and I don't know if we're going to end up doing, going to do a whole episode on it at some point or not, but I just want to give Netflix props because they've brought back the mid tier action film. I mean, it sounds cool. This, I, mean, I definitely have to watch it um, this week sometime so I can catch up with you. For sure. Let me just be clear and Ringo tell me if I'm wrong. I'm, I'm not trying to overhype it. It's not great, okay? But it's not no, like, you know... Not like how Ringo said, Crusade is not that great. It's not... I don't know if it's that bad either. It's up there... Um, did you see that Will Smith... Uh, what was that one? That Will Smith uh, fantasy orc thing that took place? Yeah. yeah. Right. Did you see that? I thought it was okay. It was fun to watch. It was, mid, like you said, a mid-tier fun little thing. Same kind of thing. Yeah. So, I enjoyed it for what it was, but I think this is a, a niche that's been missing from film releases, and Netflix is kind of capitalizing on that. You know, we, we get the big budget films, like, you know, uh, the Avengers films, and then Blum, Blumhouse, Blumhouse, whoever, they're, doing, they're making really super low budget horror films and making all the money. But there's this huge middle section where you can still do action films, and they don't have to be amazing. But they just have to be entertaining. I think that's. I think they're they're filling that niche nicely. So, it's not great. It's definitely B level, but I enjoyed Project Power for what it was. It was it was fun. Right. Well, theaters can't afford to do that, you know, kind of thing anymore. They they can't afford B movies. They can't. You know, they just can't sell them out. They can't. Do, they, obviously, nothing's selling right now. But it's unfortunate. It's good. It's good but, that I Netflix mean, is doing is filling that void, like you said. Well, I mean, think back to the 80s, you know. We've gone over this before about some of those schlocky B-grade or C-grade movies. Like, where would we be if we didn't have Highlander, which I love. It's not great, but I still love it. But but if you didn't have, you know, it's like saying if my aunt had balls, she'd be my uncle. The time's different. I mean, there was no streaming back then. There was no other way to get new content. So the theater was that. And they they could afford two weeks of a bad movie. People will see well, it anyways, and it'll go away. But, but you, you know, if you guys remember, and I remember this very succinctly, is that I remember the, the hits. I remember Top Gun playing for almost a year at North yep. Bend. Yes. I can tell you the same thing, because I was an usher, and that damn movie sold out for a year straight at the 9 o'clock movie. And now that really? is... Yes. Yeah. And that's a great and that's a that's a great movie. I think it's you can legitimately say that's a pretty great action movie, 80s movie, whatever... Uh, it was but, a great but, romance disguised as a man film. Right. But there were <laughs> a lot fewer movies, I feel, being made back then. Mm-hmm. So there was less competition for the box office where you could have a movie be there for a month or six mm-hmm. weeks or eight weeks. Right. Whereas now, if you don't see it in the first week or two, a lot of times it just it's, it's bounced out of there for something else. Right. Because they, they want to they got to get people in there to sell popcorn, man. Yeah. And there's so much streaming. I mean, I look at, you know, I've got Hulu, I've got Amazon Prime, I've got Netflix, yep. I've got Funimation for the anime. And there's there's no way to keep up with everything that's there. And especially no. Netflix, apparently, which is doing a lot of foreign movies now, too. Yeah. Plus, well, yeah, they uh, have to because uh, they're, they're moving in a lot of foreign territories. I mean, not to get too off topic, but we actually watched the Indian matchmaking. But they made that show because they're they want to keep the Indian market interested too. Sure, but I also think that they can get the licensing deals for foreign movies probably a lot cheaper. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And then they can have the newest, you know, Train to Busan and Ooh. all these things over there. Um, they can get it pretty inexpensively over here. Right, and they also just launched the next season of Umbrella Academy, which I haven't started that either. Oh yeah. See, I, I limited myself to three. That's why I didn't bring that one up. But that's that's really good too. Yeah, what's coming up? Cool. Well, that's a nice uh, little first time segment of uh, our geek this week. So, well, that brings us to you, Ringo. How are things at Bridge City Comics since last we talked? Um, we kind of talked right at the prime beginning of this mess that we're in. 
um, and you were going through a lot then. How, how's it going? Well, you know, uh, every day is a new and exciting challenge, but we are actually open now. We opened up, uh, our, we opened up to the public in July. We've been open for probably over a month at this point, probably about five or six weeks. Definitely fewer hours. We're at about 25 to 29 hours a week now instead of the normal 63, I think we were. Um, So, you know, I actually just ran the numbers comparing July 2020 to July 2019. And we're down about 33%, which is less than I thought we were going to be down. I, I work for a company. I won't give any numbers and, and what company, you know, but it's, but it's not much different. And the, the same kind of um, thought there, too. Not, not as down as we thought. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're, we're still, you know, we're still keeping the lights on. The employees are getting paid. Um, Do you feel safe? Do you feel safe with everybody coming in? Do you feel like you're, I mean, um, has, has, yeah. Do you feel safe? And I'll, I'll get into other stuff like that. But. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, health-wise, everybody's complied with masks. We've got hand sanitizer. People tend to avail themselves of that frequently. You know, we limit the number of people in the store. Mm-hmm. And everybody seems to be understanding so far. Um, you know, we Good. limit it to five people because we've only got about a 1,000 square feet of usable space. Right. Uh, and, you know, and there are times when we have to ask people, hey, would you mind, you know, trading out for somebody who's waiting outside? Uh, and right. you know people are, are pretty 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 understanding uh, but you know in Portland we don't have quite the uh, uh, population that thinks everything's a hoax and we're trying to deny freedoms right. by asking right. them to wear a mask but you, right. you guys are having a lot of civil unrest there anything come by your place did you have any problems no and the civil unrest is a whole nother time yeah i'm not trying to dive into that i just want to make sure like how you guys do it's a business thing i mean we we, yeah it's a this is supposed to be a a show of being light and but would certainly understand of circumstances but portland is hit what we are told is hardest and um you know i don't know i think there well there's a lot of misinformation about that out there i Mm -hmm. i there the protests initially for the past month and a half have been centered downtown around the justice center most right. of downtown is fine, except for those two blocks. And, um, you know, not to say that everything's open and bustling. I mean, there are plenty of places with with uh, plywood still on their windows, but it's definitely not as anarchistic as places would news me- – certain news media would make it out to be. Yeah. Anybody who's ever been behind a camera understands the, the name – the word crop and right. the word edit. You know, you can make a lot of things look like things. Right. Like that, with those two things alone. Right. Like, so see, see a particular president's crowd nowadays. Right. You see a tighter crap on there. <laughs> so I know that when we talked to you at the beginning of this whole COVID thing, uh, your lifeblood seemed to be online because obviously you couldn't let, you know, people into your stores because of, you know, closure orders and all of that. So... Are you still experiencing a lot of online business or now that you've opened the shop back up, are people, is that shifting back into on-premises purchases? Yes. Yeah. We're definitely still doing online stuff and we definitely have people every week taking advantage of that, whether it's shipping or some limited deliveries. Uh, But a lot of people really do want the experience. You know, they were doing that to help support us. And now they're coming back into the shop, not, which is great. It's not, we're not getting obviously tourist traffic like we normally would in the summer because nobody's, very few people are traveling. Um, But yeah, we're still, we're still doing online and it's being tempered by more people coming into the store, whereas they couldn't before. So it's, it's good because like, I think I'm, I'm, I may have mentioned to you guys, like, I didn't get into this to be an online store. <laughs> right. I got I got into, you know, opening a comic book store to be a part of the community and to share my love of comics. And it's not as easy to do that when you're just putting stuff in a box right. and taking it to the post office. The community's well, there. That's part of your slogan, right? 
what? And that's part of your slogan. In your story, you have, don't you have across the back of your wall, doesn't it say comics for the people? It does. It does. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And, I, it's, and I'm happy to send, I'm happy if somebody wants to buy comics online, I'm happy to send them to them. And that also works. But yeah, I mean, you know, you can't beat having a conversation no. with somebody right. about the new stuff. Kind of like, you know, kind of like what you guys do. But um, are, are you being supported with new stuff? By the comic book industry yeah yeah um that's a whole nother thing yeah d- yeah comics are are being published now and distributed and sent to us um the whole dc comics thing is we could easily do an hour show yeah so tell me a little bit not when we'll do an hour but I, I thought i read something like there was a change that they're gonna cut things back to like the basics or something or so what so it's all it's all up in the air we we us retailers have this kind of running joke it's not really a joke because it all is it the killing joke (laughs) (laughs) it makes us kind of sick in the pits of our stomachs but we've we've learned that dc comics will basically drop any bad news they have at five o'clock on a friday yep and that has happened basically every week with a couple exceptions for the past three months, probably. You know, first it was, we're going to continue to publish even though you guys aren't open, so good luck. And then that transitioned into, okay, well, here are these new distributors that you're going to have to get our stuff from uh, into, we're leaving Diamond Comics, so you're not going to be able to get our stuff anymore yeah. in the way that you've been able to for 30 years and then there's the whole um, AT&T, Warner, uh, DC buyout, right? Well, no, they, they just, AT&T just did this massive reorganization last week where they fired 800 people, including a number of people in DC at DC, right. such as editors, longtime editorial folks. Bob Harris, I think was one of them. He was, was, yeah, he was the editor-in-chief, wasn't he? was the editor-in-chief yeah and um and then they just followed that up with the announcement re- very recently they're gonna cut their line by 25 percent. yeah i thought they were going to cut it to like whatever they meant by essentials but i don't know what that means for a comic book company like that what is essential well essential is batman superman and wonder woman justice league i mean does, yeah that's what i mean like, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just, yeah i mean yeah i mean you know again take take a look at uh their movie and TV slate, and right. that will probably tell you what is safe from being cut. So, like, Cyborg's still good. <laughs> so, yeah. But, you know, they're getting rid of a bunch of lower-tier stuff, which is understandable, because, you know... Sometimes Hawkman... sometimes you have to do a reset, though. Maybe they, you know, if it works right and you can get good storylines, maybe they have two... Like, part of me is a, as a, as a novice comic book person... I'm overwhelmed by the 50 Batmans and I'm overwhelmed. Like, what do I even start at? Like, what do I even do? It's, it's, you go to a wall and you say 50 million things, which spurs conversation, which is great for, for, with the owner or whatever. But I think they need to scale. Somebody needs to figure out how to get people like me. Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe my, maybe my voice doesn't matter. I don't have a lot of dollars like the diehards. No, I think, I think your voice absolutely matters. And I think, and I, and I know that myself and a lot of other comic retailers, uh, share that frustration of why do we need eight Batman titles? Why do we need Batman and Detective and Batman's Grave and yeah. you know the other fifteen books in the series? Uh, right. You know, but they look at it as well. Batman sells really well, so let's keep making more Batman because people like Batman. You can just make and him Batman. <laughs> well, exactly, but they also maybe don't think that maybe if we made Batman really good, right. we would sell ten times as much, right? As opposed to ten different Batman series that sell one tenth as well, right? So, let me ask you this, and I, I don't mean to get too serious, but I do a little bit. <laughs> Well, when we started, you were worried about whether or not you're going to keep the doors open. Now, obviously, we're not through this yet. You've opened your doors now for, what, about, about four or five weeks now? Yeah, about that. Give or take. Um, so, are you seeing light at the end of the tunnel? Are, is there is hope renewed? 
Well, I mean, yes, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> well, why are you laughing at that? I mean, I mean, outside of this podcast, I mean, I've known you for 30 plus years. You're a great dear friend of mine. I want to see you do well. So I'm hoping that you don't have to tell me you have to close up your shop anytime soon. No, and you're absolutely right. And it, it just, I, I was reminded of, and I, and I, we probably talked about this, the, the feeling when I did close the doors back in March yeah. and, you know, you may or may not remember on Facebook, I had posted a picture of the doors and I had posted this kind of model, it, you know, it was modeling, sure. But at the time it was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to reopen. Right. Right. Yeah. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. We are reopened. We're we're in business. I'm I'm able to pay the bills and yeah. keep the lights on. So so yes, things have definitely gotten better. I don't um, I don't personally think things are going to close again. No matter what happens with this thing, I think people are um, either learn to live with what's happening right now with masks and whatnot and take your chances because I I can tell you that the small businesses they can't go through it twice. They can't. Not without not without help from the feds. Which they're like, still fighting over, right? Exactly. Yeah. I um because that was a huge lifeline for us is being able to get that paycheck protection program money so that I was able to continue to pay my employees. That's good to hear. It's good that you got it. Yeah. yeah, I I I think that this is the new normal. And um you know, you can throw the numbers out all you want and you can have the fear all you want for some. Um but I think everybody's got to look out for themselves the way they feel best. And I, I think, I don't think things are going to close like they did again. I, I, I just don't, I don't think people will allow it. Hmm. Well, you know, that brings up an interesting point, Joe, is that it sounds like you're talking on a federal or a federal or a state level. Um, and I try to keep my ear to the ground in Michigan right. uh, with governor Whitmer and everything you guys are going through. Cause I know you get it way worse than we do out here from from that aspect of you're infringing on my rights kind of right thing. right but everything's open um, here so i don't i don't i don't i guess i don't understand the argument anymore everything's open here <laughs> other than like wear a mask please but i i mean at least on our on our on my end it would be if on our end our governor governor brown right. uh, has said you know needs a spike she's totally willing to close everything down again oh our governor said the same but i i just I don't think businesses will follow. It'll be a big mess if they do. To your point. Well, I'm assuming Portland is similar to like what we're seeing right now in Michigan. When, when everything hit and went to shit, it was Detroit and the surrounding areas. And then it spread to Grand Rapids because second biggest city. But being the geek that I am, I've been watching the numbers. Detroit isn't even in play anymore. GR, or rather all of Kent County, you know, where Grand Rapids is based, has either held steady or is going down right. for the most part. What we're seeing in this state, and I'm assuming it's similar in Portland and other states, as, or not Portland, in Oregon and other states as well, is that it's now, the numbers are still going up statewide, statewide because it's spreading to the smaller communities. Right. Yeah. So it, it really makes a touch and go. Are we going to see a shutdown again? I hope not. But if it does, I mean, well, Ringo, are you ready for something like that if we have another shutdown? No. I mean, I don't think <laughs> No, I don't, yeah, I, I agree. There's no – small businesses are not ready. They can't really be ready. I mean, even restaurants are barely at life support. Yeah, I mean, if we get if, if we get shut down again, it, it's, it's the same thing as previously. Mm-hmm. My assumption is where we're still going to owe rent. Right. You know, we're still going right. to get bills and we're still going to have to pay this stuff. And luckily, per, us personally, meaning Bridge City Comics, you know, we, we have our uh, fallback plans in place of online stuff. We've developed those systems and we can easily ramp that stuff back up if we need to. Um, but it's again, it's not ideal. So hopefully people will continue to wear masks and a vaccine will come along soon and kids will not have to go to school and spread because that's probably going to be the next biggest thing we see once kids do start going back to school. Um, it's just, it's going to be an incubator in those communities that don't do online schooling. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, listen, 
supposed to be a fun topic, but I, it is part of learning about your business, and, and that's why we have you on here. It's like I hope that things stay steady, you know, and and people hopefully understand that this isn't normal for now, and that you know just wear a mask. Like, is it really that hard to do? I mean, we got past the seatbelts. I remember all the arguments when people were pissed off about seatbelts; you had to ride them uh, or wear them when you drove. And, well, they did. They, I mean, in Michigan, it was there, at least in Detroit when I lived, it was like, hey, you're going to worry about that's bull crap. Let me tell me what to do, blah, blah, blah. Um, well, we, Diaz and I had a, had a teacher in high school that refused to wear a helmet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember the Mr. Smith, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. He was an interesting character all around, though. Yeah, he was. I think he's dead now, isn't he? Um, wow, that just took a dark turn. I have no idea. <laughs> no helmet? I, I haven't Is it a helmet issue? Coincidentally, but not from a motorcycle uh, accident. Are you serious? Yeah, I think he got cancer. Oh, okay, well. Yeah. So, Joe, do you have another question? I have another one, but I don't want to hog the, hog the no, mic here. No, go, go. So, all right, so we've got COVID this year. Obviously, that has affected comic book sales we've got dc announcing all these big staff cuts that's probably going to affect sales i'm assuming because they're going to have less product to sell right yep the next question is we've seen this summer and i don't want to dive too deep into it but we've seen this summer now a a spate of different comic book creators um guilty of various I'll just say various Me Too offenses. Yes. Whether it's sexual assault, sexual harassment, grooming. We've seen big names and small. I mean, we're talking, what, Cameron Stewart? We're talking Warren Ellis. Um, Actually, someone that I know you worked with, and again, I'm not trying to make it uncomfortable or go down that road too much, but someone I'm an acquaintance of, Scott Alley. Um, So... What effect do you think that's going to have on the industry? Well, or maybe not even the industry. How is it going to affect you and your bottom dollar? Is that something you're worried about? No. I'm okay, not, good. I'm not worried about that. I there are definitely uh, people in places that choose to uh, businesses, I should say, comic shops, who choose to not sell things by certain creators um, because they don't want to be seen as supporting those creators and things like that. But I think that comics is very resilient. Comics have been around for a very, very long time. And I think what we're seeing, and I know what we're seeing, is that it's still not perfect, but we are seeing so many new voices in comics um, because of the explosion of graphic novels for adolescents uh, you know, stuff like Raina Telgemeier and her. Oh, yeah. My girl, love her. Love her. Right. Right. And Dogman. And, but you're also seeing a lot of uh, people of color, um, you know, having projects coming out um, from various, from, from small publishers all the way up to Scholastic and Random House and major prose publishers. Right. So I think that. I think it, I, you know, I think that it's a good thing that these things are being talked about, uh, because I think, you know, it should be punished. I think if people are abusing their stations, I think if they're abusing their power, they need to, they need to be held accountable. Um, and I think that it also does help to open the door for more people of different voices, not just white dudes middle-aged or older white dudes writing these comics. Um, oh, hold on. You're going to piss off some of those comic skaters. <laughs> oh, well, sure. But, you know, I don't know that they necessarily get comics anyway. Um, you know, they their whole shtick is, well, Thor doesn't need to be a woman. Why are you messing with it? Just create a new character. And it's like, nothing is wrong with these stories. There's nothing wrong with a female Thor or an Islam, Islamic American Ms. Marvel, or, you know, any of the... Or, or Islamic American Green Lantern. Or, well, exactly. Or 
you know, John Stewart, an African American Green right. Lantern, who was introduced in the what late seventies, early eighties. I mean, yeah, a hubbub around that too, and it wasn't quite as well known because you know there's no there was no internet back then. But yeah, I mean, there were letters columns, and there were people who were uh, annoyed that Hal got shoved to the side in 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 place of uh, John Stewart. So does that answer your question? Or <laughs> no, no, that, that perfectly answers my question because these are things that are going to uh, reverberate throughout the industry. And uh, let's face it, the local comic book shop of which you are an owner of um, might feel some of those effects. And I was just curious because I'm not in the place you are. So my perspective is different. Me, of course, I'm like, no, they shouldn't do that. I'm, I'm upset. You know, Warren Ellis is one of my all-time favorite comic book writers. I adore almost everything he's written, and now it's all tainted. You know, and that's and that's the that's the spot that I'm in too. I mean, Planetary is one of the most staggering works of genius. Well, does it all have, does oh, it all have to get wiped away? But that, no. that, but that's the question, right? That is where where and this is something that people have struggled with for 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 hundreds of years. How do you separate the art from the artist? And can right. you do? And is that appropriate? Right. Do we throw out Wagner's Flight of the Valkyries because it was Hitler's favorite? Well, it has nothing to do with no. Sure. Yeah, you don't throw it. That's that's a totally different issue. It's like saying, okay, you know, Jackson Pollock was a pedophile. Does that taint everything he's done and how he's, and you know? So I mean, well, and then you got to throw out there too, um, and I'm using Warren Ellis as the example. Uh, the people that have come out ab- about him have been clear they're not trying to cancel him they want him just to stop and own up to what he's done but the vast majority of them are also saying they love his work and they want his work to be out there still so you know i feel different or i don't know if I say different or weird but like i i don't feel like my opinion matters because i was not personally affected by it so I, what I mean is by that is, do I have a voice? Do I say, yeah, we should cancel it or no, we shouldn't cancel it? I mean, I know we're getting into cancel culture and all that, but I'm just like, what does my opinion lie as a, you know, a partially white cisgender man that reads comics, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that's a good, that's a good point. And that's not to bring it back to this, but definitely in Portland with the Black Lives Matter stuff it's tangentially related in my brain because I, I feel that as a middle-aged cis hetero white dude, like I need to just shut, shut up and listen to what people are saying. Right. And I kind of feel the same way with this. Like I, because of my gender and my race and everything else is like, I am in a position of privilege and I may not, it may not affect me personally, Warren Ellis grooming, but you know what? I think I need to stop and take other people's feelings into consideration and listen yes. to what they have to say. I think even one step, yes, I I agree even one step further is that if you truly believe in in going forward, then we have to be advocates, not just sit back and listen. We have to actually speak, speak, speak as that an advocate, true. not yes. you know just just say yes, I'm with you. It's like you know, how do you? what can we do to be more of an advocate and, and speak, you know, in those terms? Um, I think that's, you know, it's the only action I can think of is obviously listen, but be an advocate and, you know, pay attention. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, a, I mean, there's a lot going on and maybe this will bring a, a new Renaissance to comics, you know, maybe, you know, every once in a while you need this kind of, um, I don't know, flush in the creative system, you know, Maybe DC whittling it down will be better because if the comic, if the stories are better, you'll sell more copies of that, hopefully. And um, yeah. hopefully, yes. Yeah, I mean, because you get, if <laughs> I mean, if you get if you get, let's say you get five hundred comics and only twenty five of them sell, those those other ones didn't do you any good on the shelf. It took shelf space away from something that could have sold. I mean, it, it's hard. Exactly. It's, it's no different than any other commodity. Um, shelf space is important, and if you can't move it it's costing you money. Um, so better, more well-written, popular will do well for you. 
Um, you know, and then, then there might be more room for the independent that comes out of nowhere with a great story, you know, because you don't have 50 Batmans up there. So, I mean, you know, it could yes. be more, and that would allow, hopefully, um, different types of voices and things to come through in comics. Maybe there'll be um, more publishers, you know, who knows? Yeah. I'm surprised Amazon has yeah. bought all this shit anyways and just own it all. <laughs> they own Comicsology. Yeah, I know, but not the, I'm talking printed stuff. Don't no, but don't, don't speak that. I, I really don't want uh, Amazon to buy. <laughs> oh no, no, no! I mean, just create our own comic book company. Well, yeah, who knows? Uh, Comicsology does have some of its own titles. They've dipped their toe in the pool. Who's to say they won't go further? We don't know. But if it's a good story, point. who cares? Just because. It, but if you price all your competition out, if it's a good story. Uh, well, Pros and cons. It's a good story. I don't care who. I mean, it's, it's good if it comes from Amazon or Marvel. But, I mean, it's not like Marvel doesn't have a lock on things either. I hear you, but Amazon gives me 90% of what I need anyway. How much more do I want to give? I want to give you everything you want. You know, <laughs> but but isn't the danger isn't the danger here if say let's let's just spitball this right. for one second. If Amazon, let's say Amazon wants to get into publishing. They have the deepest pockets Ever, ever. Yeah. So they could snap up all of the talent to exclusive contracts, kind of like uh, Diaz will remember this cross chat. Oh yeah, oh yeah. They, they had deep pockets. They were able to pay uh, a lot of money to the creators, which is really great for them. And they were able to put out some really great books. But what they can also do is tie up a lot of the voices and a lot of the artists and the writers and things like that. And they can then tell them, well, okay, you need to. To write this and write sure. that. And but the, the, on the flip side, if they steal them from somewhere, that gives opportunity for new people. At, at the True. Marvels and the DCs, whatever. But that takes longer. That's a, that's a longer could process. Be, or it could be one of those, you know, um, spawn situations. You know, I know he wrote for. Uh, I don't know if it was Mar- he did Spider Man, but then did his own thing. That, that's different. He was already a super well-established hot sure. shot artist. He was already... Sure. He wasn't. He, he, he was, that's no. the... Okay. So one thing I would recommend you guys, there's a um, there's a documentary about him on YouTube. Oh, okay. About Todd McFarlane. Yeah, I need to watch that. I heard yeah, it's good. It's like 40, 50 minutes long. I watched it last week and okay, it is great. excellent. I don't... I don't like Todd McFarlane's artwork that much, but I really respect mm-hmm. the guy as an artist and creator. And, and this is kind of a puff piece for him. Um, it doesn't oh, yeah. ask a lot of hard-hitting questions, but uh, there were a few things I didn't know, and I grew up in that era. So, but I know he was—he did—he did a really so, nice, cool version of Spider-Man that did well, and that jump-started yes. his career. I don't know how famous he was after that. Yeah, enough to start his own, I think, but I don't know how big he was. So I have to watch that. So, before we run out of time, unless, Joe, do you have any more comic book questions? No, I, I just, uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that you keep moving forward and you, your customers come in and, and small business uh, thrives through this. And, um, you know, we're going to have a hell of a next 74 days or so until uh, the world may possibly change or blow up. Who knows what will happen um, from November. But yes. uh, I, 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 I wish you would. Uh, Great luck in that company. Keep, keep moving forward. Thank you. Agreed. That's one of the reasons why we wanted to bring you back on because we we assumed things were well. You're still around. I think, you know, you and I being friends, I think I would have heard if your shop was going under. So I'm glad you came on. I'm glad you were able to talk and let us know that if you're not thriving, hopefully, like we said, there's, uh, there's some light at the end of the tunnel, tunnel and maybe – Maybe 2020 won't be such a clusterfuck after all. <laughs> I'm pretty much shooting for 2021 or 2022 right. at this point. So, yeah. so um, Joe, I don't want you to think that we're uh, ganging up on uh, you. I can take it. My, my, my position is, my no, position is good. <laughs> so our next topic, dear listeners, as you know, Joe is a Star Trek neophyte you you've watched discovery i know you've watched some of the older shows but yeah, i like some things you are not I like some things i don't like other things right and I, that's not bad that's not good bad indifferent whatever 
that's fine. I, I have no issue with it. I consider myself a Trekkie, but I I kneel to Ringo here. I consider him a, uh, a level above a Trekkie when it comes to being. Well, I believe Ringo, you prefer Trekker, yes? Ah, uh, sure. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, I used I, I used to I used to get my nose out of joint about it, but now I don't really care. It's it, the labels oh. are meaningless at this point. Point is, Joe and I have talked. Uh, there's two episodes that have come out now. I think you've only watched the first one, right, Joe, of Star Trek yeah, Howard yeah. Joe hates the show. Hates it. So I had to ask. Now, Ringo, I, I got to ask, you being the resident Trek expert here, what are your thoughts on Star Trek Lower Decks? So my thoughts on Star Trek Lower Decks um, are that I think that it helps to fulfill the promise of Star Trek. So what I mean by that... That's a big statement. It is. Because I love Star Trek. I've loved it for a very long time. My brother uh, introduced me to it when I was a wee small child. And so I've been through all the different iterations. I watched everything except for the original series um, as soon as it came out on TV. And the only reason I didn't watch the original series is because it came out a decade before I was born. Um, right. So one Same thing here. I... Right. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I've watched Voyager. I just finished a rewatch of Voyager, in fact. Um, but wow. so the thing, so the thing that I love about Star Trek is that Star Trek has built a universe that any story can be told in, anybody can live in. And what I mean by that is that it has gone in many, many different directions. And yeah, it's focused on the Federation and it's focused on humans for the most part, etc. But within that, you've got different eras, you've got different sectors of space, you've got different... Um, uh, you've got different themes of the shows. You've got, you know, Next Generation, which is all about exploration and all the things that come with that. And then you've got Deep Space Nine. Which, which is super heavy into politics and orders and, you know, religion, espionage. And yeah, and you've got Voyager, which is again about, you know, the lost crew trying to make its way home with nobody to depend on. So the thing that I love about uh, Lower Decks is that it's a great, funny, silly look at the Star Trek universe. And one thing that I've been a little disappointed in with Star Trek over the past, I don't know, maybe 10 years, is that they've circled back to the Kirk and Spock stuff. And the Star Trek universe is so much bigger than Kirk and Spock. And I love Kirk and Spock. I was disappointed in Discovery when they chose to bring Spock on board because somehow uh, he had a sister that nobody knew about in the entirety of the canon, you know? Um, so I really enjoy the lighthearted look at Lower Decks and the whole point of the show is this is the stuff going on these are the characters when, you know Kirk and Picard and Janeway and Cisco are making the huge command decisions and saving the universe the, it's taking a look at the little people the guys like you and me who would be the dipshits in the Lower Decks trying to keep so, so let, me, let me interject I have zero problem with anything you just said, right? The execution of it, but... the execution of it is horrible. Like, I would love to learn about the people that are down there, but I don't want to learn about it like fucking Rick and Morty. Like, I don't need yelling. All they do is yell at each other, and that's the problem with a lot of animation today. It's like the SpongeBob paradigm. Let's just scream at each other until, and, and then, and you then know. at the end, throw like five or six Dennis Miller fucking. Um, insider things like well let's throw picard's name out and spock's name out just throw it out there and reference it because we're all cool we'll just reference it and the story sucked and i don't care about anybody on there they could all die who gives a shit it's like let's try to like make futurama but make it worse because futurama was great but like have this attitude like you know what that's the difference between this animation and rebels like rebels feeds the timeline and feeds the storyline this isn't feeding anything but yelling I mean, I, I just don't, I don't, I, I saw, who is it for? Okay. 
We'll get to that. We'll get to that. To your point, I want to watch the second episode. Yes, there is a lot of yelling. That's all they do. And I will grant you, I I grant you on the first episode, they did a lot of shotgun blast references right at the end. Now, the second episode, they drop a lot more uh, references to stuff that only hardcore Trekkies would like. And they spaced it out throughout the entire episode. So, Ringo, I will go back to you so you can answer the question as, who is this for? I think Joe is 100% correct. I think that it's for a Star Trek slash Rick and Morty fan. But who I, is I, that? Is that, like, are they, they, are they trying to get my son, who's, I'm are guy. they trying to get my son who's 21 to watch the show to maybe bring them in? Like, if you told me that, I'm like, okay, I can understand yeah. that. Maybe they're trying to get a new audience. Is it for you? I mean, or maybe you're a Rick and Morty fan. That's cool. But, I mean, I don't know. I don't watch the show. I think... I mean, I think you're right. I think this is something that is supposed to appeal to, uh, you know, 18, 20, 25 year olds who, you know, the last Star Trek show other than Discovery and, you know, Discovery is not the last Star Trek show was uh, was Voyager, wasn't it? No, Enterprise. Oh, shit. Enterprise. Totally forgot about Enterprise. But that's a boring Most people do. Like. But that's the thing. Like they're try, they literally went for one of the guys who was who worked on Rick and Morty, Mitch. Uh, what's his name? Right. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. He's the. Sh- he's, yeah. He's like the show. Wanna, I think he won an Emmy too for Rick and Morty. So I think they're trying to. I think they're maybe trying to take a tactic that they tried with the Chris Pine movies in that they're trying to make it a little younger. They're trying to make it sexy, and they're trying to appeal to. Not the green fan base as much, but more of a new and that's generation. That's cool. A next generation. And I understand that. Then put it on fucking... Then put it, then, <laughs> then nice. put it on Nick at Night or whatever, the same channel that that's on. Like, why pay... Like, how are you going to get new people? No, no, My kid will not pay for CBS just to see this to might and might like it. Like, you have to, like, seed it then. Then give it for free. Like, what are you doing, CBS? I'm, I'm with you 100%, but that is a whole different conversation right. about no, streaming no, right. and... Streaming wars and and keeping all your content on your own thing so you can charge for it. I, I mean, yeah, I agree. This thing ought to be on on basic cable or whatever. It ought to be on Comedy Central yes. or you know. Or I agree. Like I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, that would be the big. That would be the smart play. Is if they you know release them on YouTube. Four weeks after they premiere on, and, and I'm not yes. I'm not biased against Star Trek. I liked Discovery. And I liked season two. Um, you know, I again, I don't, I'm not hardcore. So like the whole sister thing, I thought was interesting. Like, oh cool, I didn't know that. You know, maybe you know, maybe there was reference to it before. Okay, but I didn't know did. that. Like, I didn't know nobody knew that. Um, but okay. I didn't really. Nobody didn't really did, care for Goth Spock. You know, that kind of bugged me for a little bit. Right. But um, and I liked Picard a lot. Thought that was a great series. Um, and I liked Next Generation. But I, you know, I'm not super into it like everybody so i mean i have a bias but it doesn't mean i don't like star trek i i agree joe that i've watched the first two episodes of lower decks i enjoyed them but i am a huge trek nerd and i am a rick and morty fan you did ruin it a little bit because now i can't not notice all the yelling (laughs) that said i still enjoyed it and it there's a lot of Easter eggs for Star Trek fans. A lot of Easter eggs. That said, would I pay money to get CBS All Access for this show? No. Right. And even like I talked about Resistance earlier, there's some of that yelling in there too, and it's a reason I don't like it. Like, it's a part of animation now that is annoying. Like, Rebels is not like that. And there's yelling parts when people are fighting, but they're not always yelling at each other. There's small, there's soft conversations. There's it's like watching a, an animated film, you know. And and I'm biased, obviously, because I like the way they handle that. Um, if they did a Star Trek like that, I would probably like it too, you know. You know, but all I'm going to say, and it's it's super trite, and don't hate me no. for saying it. We're two episodes in. I mean, correct. It takes it, it takes time to find it that footage. And I told Michael if he watches it and he really comes back and says you got to get to at least episode five or six, then I'll probably do it. But I'm not going to do it till somebody else eats that pill before me. <laughs> That's going to be hard because I already enjoy it. Yeah, but you'll know. You'll know if like oh wow, really kicked in with different gear here. You, you'll know. 
It's like Babylon True. 5. You know, if it, first season sucks. Second season on is great. I mean, it takes, like, first season of Rebels, it takes, you know, four episodes in to get the rhythm. Four or five episodes and, and things happen, you know. But, uh, so, but I mean, th- is this going to add to canon or are these one-offs? You know, like, that's what I'm asking, too. Is, is there, there is a Star Trek canon, yes, but it keeps, cha- it, yes, it can change. Yes. So, yes. you know, is this going to add to it or is it just watching Friends every week? Like, I don't know. I think this is going to add to it because all of the all of the you know movie and TV stuff is canon. Yes, I think I think they're going to be careful with it, and I think they're going to not necessarily have you know make any huge sweeping changes like you know starting a Romulan Klingon war or something like that. But uh, no, I think you know in its own little universe, it's going to yeah. It'll be okay, the the creators weren't stupid. This is a year after Nemesis, two years after Voyager returned. Um, we know, based on Picard, that other stuff's not really going to happen for a good five to ten years now. Um, so they picked a perfect slice of time in canon, where the Federation is relatively stable and calm, so they can just focus on all these second contacts that this Rios is doing. So... Can I just say, I think that's fucking genius. Genius. The second second, second contact. Yeah. I love that. Not as, not as important as first contact, but more paperwork, but still very important. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, if it, don't get me wrong, I enjoy it, Joe. I think Ringo from The Sound of Things enjoys it even more than I do. Um, and I... You know, maybe it's just not for you because you're not a hardcore Trekkie. And I don't know. I, I don't want to say it's not because you're older because I know I tease you all the time, but I'm really not that much younger than you. But I guess I don't mind the yelling and the Rick and Morty-ness of it. That's cool. Totally get it. If, I mean, if the Trekkie like it, that's who am I to say? Okay, it's interesting. So I did do a po- I did a poll on our uh, um, well, Instagram. You need, you need to preface it did the come poll. Out. It's not a true poll because you didn't get, get at least a thousand samples. So it's by like you, you, you put another one out there. Okay, okay. You I, put another I one out there. It's not... pretty much gamed. <laughs> I understand. My point was I was going to say this, Joe, is that yeah, it came out sixty-seven to thirty-three percent, and that pretty much fits where I feel about the show. I enjoy it, but I will not die on any hill trying to defend this show. You know, if they canceled it tomorrow, I'd be bummed for a second, but not like if they said, well, no more Picard, no more Discovery. I'm enjoying it for what it is, but I right. I don't love it. Yeah, I'm not saying don't enjoy it. I'm just giving you my... You know, if it gets better, let me know. Yeah. I didn't say you were. All right. It's just, I don't think it's your thing, and that's fine. It doesn't have to be. There you go. There you go. That's a great way to bring that to a screeching halt. <laughs> Alrighty. Ringo, we can't thank you enough for being back on the show. You'll Hopefully you'll come back and join us again. And, and uh, maybe when you wrap up uh, Lower Decks, we'll get the end of the season finale from you. Let me know if it met everybody's expectations. Sure, sure. Well, and, and let me just put this out there. If you want to get rid of Diaz, oh, cool. I'd be happy to be your co-host. <laughs> <laughs> what? We bring me in for a couple episodes yeah. to make sure your business is doing all right, and suddenly I'm being usurped. I right. cra- Sorry, I thought I muted him. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> you love me. I do. I do oh, very much. fantastic. Cool. So, for those out there listening... Thank you for listening. If it's your first time, thanks for stopping by. If you've here uh, been here a couple times, hopefully you stick around for some more. Um, if you like the podcast, share it with your friends, family. If you hate the podcast, share it with your friends or family. Either way, uh, we'd appreciate that. Um, you know what? I don't talk about this much. I'm going to throw it out there. If you want to help out the podcast, we don't ask for money. We don't, we're don't. we not trying to do that kind of thing. But we do have gear online. And if you go to covercast.com slash shop, you can find some cool stuff. We've got t-shirts, mugs, hats, and, um, you know, we get a little bit to help us pay for the uh, stuff to make this show happen, but you don't have to. It's just one of those things I forgot to mention once in a while. Um, and you can uh, find us on various podcast networks like Apple, Google, and all that good stuff. Um, 
And when it comes to social, Michael is our man. Michael. That's you. That's me. So you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We also have a Facebook group. Just do a search for us, KyberCast. And I've been real responsive this week, so I'm usually pretty responsive anyway. But if you probably... Yeah, I got... Well, hey, wait, whoa, whoa. Man, everybody's got daggers tonight. <laughs> Come visit us. We're geeks. We'll talk about geek stuff. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next time. I have spoken. What a piece of junk. Boring conversation anyway.